about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, praise God. Take your Bibles this morning. Go to Mark chapter 1. We've been talking about your identity and who you really are in Christ and what God wants us to do. In order for you to do what God has put you on this earth to do, you need to have the power and the ability operating on the inside of you in order to do that. And that comes a lot of times through your identity as you learn about your identity. And uh, as you grow into things of the Lord, you find out who you are. You find out a new way to walk, a new way to talk. How many of the way you talk has changed since you became a Christian? A lot of your friends are glad about that, I'm sure. Praise God. Hallelujah. But, so in Mark chapter 1, very interesting scripture here. It's the first read in Mark. Look at verse 15. Jesus said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand or here. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Notice once again. The time is filled. The kingdom of God is at hand or here. Say the kingdom of God, kingdom of God. is here. One thing you've got to understand that I was mistaught was the kingdom of God is in operation in here right now. I was taught once you die and go to heaven, then you enter into the kingdom of God. But your new birth was an entrance into the kingdom of God. That's when you entered in. If you look at John chapter 3 where it talks about being born again, he never mentions heaven in there whatsoever. He's not saying get born again and get in heaven. He's saying get born again and enter into a kingdom which is a spiritual government that one day is going to rule the entire earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lost rulership at one time. So you've entered the kingdom of God, and everything in the kingdom of God belongs to you because you are a citizen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see people fighting to get across the border because they want to become citizens with all the rights and privileges. Well, we didn't have to cross any borders. We just have to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We became a citizen, and everything the kingdom of God has now belongs to you as a citizen of the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is at hand right now. Now, notice what he tells you to do. He's given instructions. The kingdom of God is here. Repent ye. Say, repent ye. Repent. Now, repent ye is not always about sin. A lot of times it's about your way of thinking. The word repentance means to turn and go in an opposite direction. In other words, what you were thinking in one direction is wrong because there's a new kingdom with new laws, new rules here. You need to make a complete adjustment in your thought life and go the other way. Are you following me? It's got to do with what you think. Like, you know, before I got born again, uh, I had a little bit of money, not a whole lot, but boy, I figured the way I was going to get rich is by hoarding all the money I had and by pinching every penny and by not spending any money, and someday I would be a millionaire. But then I got in the kingdom of God, and all at once it said, give. Say, give. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a tough scripture. I'm a Christian now. You are. Good for you. You know what you got to do now? What? Give. I'm going to backslide. Praise God. Be better. No, it's completely different. It was give and you'll get. And the, to me, that was something different. So I had to repent, basically turn around my thinking to think that the way that I get abundance is basically being a giver and giving to other people what you sow, basically you reap at the same time. Are you following me? Now notice what he says here. It's very important. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and do what? Believe. Do what? Believe. Now notice, not work hard, not change your life, not try to change yourself, not struggle with sin, but you are to believe. believe. Say believe. believe. All right, well, if I'm going to believe, I need to know what to believe. It says believe the what? Gospel. Now, the gospel, if you break it down, is called the good 
news. Say good news. So what do I want to do when I got born again? I wanted to repent and change, and I wanted to believe the? I didn't want to believe the? I wanted to believe the? Because up to that time, all I had was? And what I was getting from the Bible was? So I had to change and stop thinking about? And start thinking about? Very good, man. I tell you guys. Goodness sakes, you're right on the ball. Yeah, because back then I was unworthy. I was no good. I was a sinner. God's so wonderful. I'm no good. I can't do nothing. God does everything. All these thoughts were in my mind, and I had to make the adjustment. And the only thing I could believe and be in line with God was good news. I know good news is you are righteous. You are holy. You are rich. You are powerful. You are a son of God. You are a citizen of the kingdom. So I had to change what I was thinking and readjust it. And when I started doing that, I started catching myself with this. I'd go to church. What are you? I'm holy righteous, brother. How are you? Holy righteous. And I'd go out and say, how you doing, brother? I just ain't doing no good. Nothing works for me. I'm just such a loser. And pretty soon after I started understanding who I was, I could not profess in my heart being righteous and my mouth being a loser because the Holy Ghost got in the middle there someplace. And he said, you're not in line with who you really are, and your mouth controls your body, so you're never going to change until you, are you following me? So what I have to do, I had to get in the Word, and I had to spend time in the Word all the time. Why? Because I wanted to change in my life what was going on. All right, go to Matthew chapter 12. And there's so much bad news going on in the world right now. Don't believe it, for God's sakes. Let's face it, you don't know what's right and what's wrong right now. You don't know who's telling you the truth and who ain't telling you the truth. That's why you need to get in the Bible, study the kingdom of God, and understand there's a new kingdom being ushered in here that's going to take over completely sooner or later. And how many know when you believe bad news, you don't feel good? How many ever said, oh, great, my car's going to break down, we're going to go broke, and we can't pay our bills as we praise the Lord, glory to God? No. The joy and the peace come from the good news, hallelujah, of Jesus Christ. All right, Matthew chapter 12. Look at verse 33. This is really good here. Jesus says, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his what? Now, this is interesting. Jesus comes along and says, hey, if you make the tree good, this is pretty logical, its fruit will be good. If you make the tree corrupt, the tree would be? And I always saw that, but I never related it to my identity. If I believe I am corrupt, then the fruit I produce will be? But if I believe I'm a good tree, then I will produce. See, everybody's trying to produce fruit. I mean, they'll know the disciples by the fruit that we bear, praise God. So here I am getting born again. I got born again, and I want to be this holy, righteous person. I want to be all this stuff, but I'm still confessing I'm a sinner. I'm still confessing I'm a loser. I was making myself a bad tree, and I was still trying to produce good. And how many know that don't work? So if you change the tree, notice what he says. Make the tree. He didn't say, I made the tree. He said, you make the tree whatever you want the tree to be. If you want to live a corrupt life with no fruit, just go ahead and believe you're corrupt and you're no good and you can't do nothing. But if you want to produce good fruit, you've got to start believing you're a good tree. And by being a good tree, you will produce good fruit. So notice where it starts. It doesn't start with the fruit, does it? It starts with the tree, don't it? I just don't know why I can't change. I just don't know why I can't. I'm fighting and I'm struggling to do all this stuff. Yeah, you think you're a corrupt tree and you're trying to produce good fruit. And according to the Bible, it's impossible to do that. So I'm going to change the kind of tree that God sees me as and I should see me as. And that will change the fruit that comes out to everybody else. Praise God. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm enjoying this more than you are, praise God. 
I don't even care. I just preach myself here. Look at the worship thing and go for it. Praise God. I don't... It's stuff you learn over a period of time, but I'll tell you what, it's always good to go back over it. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 22. Here it tells you that you must put off concerning the former conversation or lifestyle of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So here we are. Here's the operation. I need to put off. Say, I need to. So you can pray all your life, Lord, put off the old man. Get rid of the old man. No, it's your responsibility to put off the old man by using this word of God right here. And when I see something in the word of God that don't agree with the way I'm thinking, I'm going to simply believe it. It's just so, I mean, it's just so hard to believe God for people. I don't understand it. They believe everything else out there. Don't they? thousand people are dying here. I believe it. The world's falling apart. I believe it. God loves you. Well, I don't know whether he does or not. I'm still praying in the Holy Ghost about that to see if God really does love me. And it, the only truth you can get anymore is out of this book, for goodness sakes. Dear Lord, how many of God doesn't lie? I mean, always all his promises are yes and they're not up for grabs, praise God. So if you're going to believe anything, believe what's in this book, praise God. So I want to believe that. So I'm, not, I'm believing I'm not the old person anymore. I'm the new person. Well, he gives you a clue here. What is a new person like? He's created in righteousness and true holiness. Now I want to put him off. The Bible says once and once for all. Say once and once for all. In other words, my, my old man's gone. My old man's dead. We studied that a couple weeks ago. He's in the ground. He's buried. I don't deal with him anymore. He's not going to be resurrected anymore because this new man is a holy man. This new man's a righteous man. This new man's a calm man. This new man isn't a worried man. He's not a fearful man. So when all these things come at me, I'm just going to simply resist those things. And how many know there's triggers in your life that trigger the old man? It's like smelling salts. You thought he was dead. And then somebody says something that you know always agitated you. And it's like he gets a whiff. And he starts to come up and start digging his way out of the dirt because he's buried, praise God. Why is that? Because there's, you've, now you found something in your life that needs to be changed because you're still believing in that area that that's not something godly, but that's just the way I do things. See? And, and the thing is, if you focus on your failings, you'll stay in your failings. It's the goodness of God that causes you to repent, not the badness of you. Come on, that's good right there. If you just make that adjustment, your whole life will change in about two minutes. It's the goodness of God, do you see? All God really cares about is you growing in him and fulfilling the purpose that he created you to do here on the earth. That's what he wants done. He put you here out of your mother's womb, praise God. He picked you. I love that. You know, there's 500, like 500 million sperm cells that get released when a man has sex with a woman. And on all them cells, he looked down and said, I want that one right there. And that was me. Isn't that great? I didn't have to raise my hand or anything. He said, I need, I need you in the year 20, 20, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. And here I am, praise God. So I won the race. I got there first. Come on. You all did. Praise Just look at me. You got there too. You wouldn't be here too. You all made it there first, praise God. Because God knew what he was doing. 
He was picking out the one that was needed for this day and hour. You're just not here by happenstance. God wouldn't roll and dice up there one time. He just said, oh, well, let's just bring this guy in now. No, no. He's got a plan and a purpose for this year right here, and you're here because of this time, this generation. You are special to him. You are truly a chosen generation. You were chosen way back when your mommy and daddy were in the barn, praise God. See? So right off the bat, you're special, aren't you? Now, I want to fulfill what God put me here to do in my time this year. The worst thing that can ever happen is your life is to be successful your whole life in the wrong thing. Amen. Successful in the world's eyes, successful in everybody's eyes, but you get to the final thing and you didn't do the purpose that you were put here to do. What's the difference? So don't focus on your failings all the time or your slip-ups or your mess-ups. The only thing that concerns God is, are you going to fulfill what I put you here to fulfill because I needed you to fulfill it in this time. Are you following me? Yes. I mean, I've got a 2011 Toyota Camry out there. Love that car. It, it had it for 10 years. Becky says, get a new one. I said, I love this one too much right now. I'm just going to stick with it. I like it. But notice, somebody opened the door one time. They put a den in my car, and it's in there. And somebody else uh, basically threw something at it in the back end. There's a little dent back there. Now, even though it has little dents, I don't care about the little dents. I care if it's going to do its purpose and get me from where I start to where I get to. Most of you want to look at your dents your whole life. And the more you look at your dents, the more dents you're going to get, praise God. See, so I want to look at where am I going? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm pursuing God. I'm going after God. Don't look at your failures. God's not interested in your failures, praise God. He's interested in you fulfilling the purpose that you do. That's why you have people who basically have been in church very little time and got born again and jump right into their purpose. And almost everything starts falling in line with them. They start getting finances. They get more joy and peace in you. And you look at them and you almost think, God, you, you're jipping me. You ever thought that? They've been in the church three weeks and look what's happened to them. I've been in here 20 years doing my best for you, good. I've been showing up, I've been leading worship, I've been cleaning the toilets, I've been jumping up and down, and I got nothing. This guy shows up and he gets everything. What's the problem here? He believes. You're still trying to clean enough stuff to get what God's got for you. But the gospel don't tell you to clean the toilets, clean the room, clean anything. It tells you to believe. Simply believe. So I'm simply going to believe that I'm righteous and I'm holy. Why does it say here? And then another translation says, be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Say constantly. Because if you don't constantly renew your mind, you're going to automatically start sliding back. Right. It's just the way it works. Because how many know you're listening to something all day long? Yes. Not like you just block yourself off, then you listen to God, then block yourself off. You're thinking thoughts, you're doing things in your life. So all these thoughts are coming in. So I want to constantly renew my mind on the Word of God. There's times when in my own life where I got busy. I'll tell you one, I'll tell you one vacation. Sometimes vacation in the, in the world is the worst spiritual thing you ever do because you're with people, you're here, you're there, you're getting up, you ain't got time, you ain't got time to read the Bible, you ain't got time, you ain't got time. And after about a week you come back and you walk into church and somebody says, pray for me and you, you can't even think of a scripture. And two weeks ago you were casting out devils and healing the sick. And now once you can't think of one prayer, let me get my Bible. Because you've gone back so far. Do you see what I mean? All these scriptures have been like pushed down on the inside of you, and the world has taken over you. But then all at once you get into praise and worship and hear a couple scriptures, and all at once, boom, on the inside of you. You're, right, you're shooting out scriptures right and left. Praise God. You've woken up the spirit man on the inside, and he's doing this and doing that. So that's why you can't get away from the word, because if you ever start acting like a fool, just go back to the word. That's it. 
When you're at the point to say, I can't take it no more, you, I better get in the room and I better get in the Bible, lock the door, and I better spend a little time there with Jesus and get straightened out here. Because it's a constant renewing of the mind for you. Now notice, number one, this is your responsibility. Say, this is my responsibility. Say, it's not a miracle like the new birth. So I must renew my mind constantly. The Bible says the outward man perishes, but the inward man does what? Renews how often? Day by day, day by day. So daily I've got to do that. All right, go to 1 Peter chapter 2. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 2. This is the... Uh, program to your growth. It says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may do what? Yeah. Grow thereby. So here it shows you that your growth comes from what? It comes from the word of God, doesn't it? It comes from the word of God. And it says, as a newborn baby's desire, say desire. desire. Say desire. desire. Whenever you get to a point where you no longer desire the word, it is a ding, 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 that you better get back into spiritual things because the world's overtaking you. Yeah. Praise God at this point. If you just got to, well, I should read my Bible because I haven't read it in seven days and I'll make God happy if I read First Peter and everything's going to be good. You're in trouble. You need to get back under the word of God, listen to tapes, uh, put on whatever you've got to do to get back where you're going to get because how many know babies desire the milk? You don't have to teach them to desire the milk. They just desire the milk. And if they don't get the baby, what happens? If they don't get the milk? Ever run into a Christian crying all the time? Whiny, negative, just not that gone right. I was born again, but this is terrible. I don't know what's happening. What, that baby needs some milk. Praise God. Come on now. So you give that baby some milk, and you will grow thereby. Notice it's a process. Say a process. Everybody wants to become a spiritual giant by tomorrow, but it don't work that way because you're dealing with something up here that's like a computer called your soul that has taken in 30 years of mess, and now you got born again, and you got to reprogram that thing. And move it out of there. Even a baby, you know, learns to crawl, then learns to stand, then learns to walk, then learns to go to the potty, and learns to do everything else. And how many know babies make mess? Yeah. So how many know spiritual babies are going to make a yes. mess? So older ones are responsible for helping to clean up. Yes, yes. Come on. Yes, yes. See? Well, I'm super spiritual, but I don't want to stay away. I want to stay away from all them problems. Well, then you ain't super spiritual at all because you're supposed to be changing the baby's diaper every now and then. <laughs> Come on, giving the baby some milk. Come on, it's a parallel to the natural so we can understand what he's talking about here. So we're growing up spiritually. Hopefully they'll grow into a place where they're changing someone else's diaper in a little while, and then they can handle those out there. That's what it's all about. It's discipling and growing people up in the spirit of God. Praise God. So how do we grow? We grow basically through the Word of God. Say the Word of God. The Word of God gives you like revelation. It like gives you all sight, it'll show you that you're not an unholy man anymore, but you're a holy man. It'll show that you're not depressed, but you are joyful. It'll show you're not weak, you are anointed, the Bible says. All these things come. Now, spiritually, those are facts. Say facts. But, but mentally and thought-wise, you've got to line your soul up with your spirit man. And that's what allows the power to flow into your physical body. That's what divine health is all about, basically. It comes out of your spirit, through your soul, and into your physical body because it's promised to you. So now, when something changes drastically, like being born again, it takes a while for your soul to catch up with what happened in the spirit. See, it's not an instant thing. It's just like in the natural when 2021 came in, in January, and in 2021 in January, you were signing checks, and you're putting 2020. 
Did that mean it was still 2020 in your land? No, it means it's 2021, but your mind has not adjusted to and caught up with. When people get married, the same thing happens. They write their maiden name for a while. Oh, my God. Does that mean they're not married? No, they're still married, but it took time for you. You've been signing the same name for 30 years. Now, once you've got to change the last name on that thing, and it takes a while for you to make an adjustment in your soul to line up with the spiritual thing. Are you following me? And as you do that and you start believing it, then you'll constantly be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, here's the key to your change. The key to your change is to believe the word, then you will change. It's not changing then believing the word. Religion teaches us to change and then believe, but we can't change without believing, so we try to change our whole life without believing, and we never change. Are you following me? And religion taught me. It never taught me any of this stuff. It taught me I was a sinner. Taught me I was a failure. Taught me I was no good. Taught me God was great and I was worthless. Taught me God didn't even like me, for God's sakes. Just out of his kindness, he was letting me live at this point. Well, if that's what I am, if that's the old tree I'm going to be, then what kind of fruit am I going to get? See? So what did I do? I felt like I was terrible, so I looked for people who were more terrible than me, so I felt better that I was less terrible than them. Who are you going to hang out with? I'm going to hang out with them. They get drunk seven nights a week. I only get drunk three nights a week. And if God looks down at our group, I'm the one he's going to take. Come on now. And when you have that attitude of, of negativity and of being a sinner, you're always looking at people and you're judging them. Oh, did you see what they did over there? Ooh, look what they do. You should say that. You should do that. No, no, no. You're not doing that. Praise God. God doesn't treat you that way. How many of you know? How many of you know you don't get what you deserve? How many of you are glad? Then why do we want to give everybody else what they don't deserve? Are you following me? So praise God, what's it about? It's about this change, but the change comes not by trying harder and not by trying to become, not by struggling, not by fighting, not by doing all this stuff. And, and you got to be careful. I want to say this lovingly, but there's teachers and preachers out there who have not grown to a place where they don't understand what you're getting this morning. So what they put on you is not the new man when you listen to them. They put on you the old man. You're just like Job. Oh, yes, we're all just like Job, trying to come out of our Jobness, praise God, into a place. Well, if you believe you're like Job, you're going to get Joby results, do you see? Come on, I'm just like Peter. I denied Jesus three or four times. Well, that ain't going to help you to grow. You never said you were like that, but you're taking on that identity. How about Judas? Oh, yes, I've betrayed the Lord several times. I'm Judas. What am I going to try to make up for it? You can't make up for it. You simply got to believe who you are, and by that you make the change on the inside of you so the change comes first. And I'll just be honest with you. Me on Sunday morning for 25 minutes ain't going to do it for you. Sorry. I mean, I can show you where to eat. I can take you to greener pastures, praise God. I can give you some good stuff to chew on for a while, but it's up to you then during the week to continue to do what you're led to do on Sunday, praise God. Hallelujah. My job is to get what food to feed you. Your job is then to eat it all week long. See? And people don't do that, basically, and what we have is roller coaster Christians. Go on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Look at me. Praise the Lord. Monday morning. Oh, my God. Hope nobody calls me today. I'm not even going to work today. I hate that boss anyway. Wednesday night, praise the Lord, glory. What's happened? You're getting renewed one day and you're on the mountaintop. And then you're getting out of the work of God and you're all the way back down here. And we got to pull you back up again. Pull you back down here. Praise God. 
How many know there's people out there like that? I pray I meet them all on the mountaintop. Because there's a lot of them that go up and down. And all. That's what causes mood swings. See, because mood swings are based on what's going on in the natural realm, not what's going on in the spiritual realm. Because the spiritual realm don't change. God don't change the word of God. So, uh, are you having a good day? Yes, everything's going good. I got to work. I'd, everything's wonderful. I had a great lunch and a great day at work and everything. Everybody loved me and everybody was kind to me. It's just so wonderful being a Christian. Then the next day, you get chewed out as soon as you get to work. Your car stalls. And all at once, the whole world changes. Well, the Word of God hasn't changed. Come on. So what? You're up, you're down. You're up, you're down. You're up. And that's, that's exhausting. Sometimes I think it's easier just to be down all the time. You know, rather than climbing the stairs, going back down, climbing the stairs, going back down. See, that's what's causing your mood swings, basically. But the Word of God doesn't change at all, praise God. He's going to meet your needs not only today, but He's going to meet them tomorrow, and He's going to meet them the next day and the next day. You've got the joy of the Lord in your heart today. You're going to have it tomorrow. You're going to have the next day and the next day. But you have to make the choice to believe what God says rather than what the world tells you here on the outside. Because the world wants to steal your depression, praise God. It wants to steal everything. I've had people who come here and got born again years ago and were on fire or the first ones in church sitting in the front row. And after six months, you didn't see them anymore. And then once they come back in and say, I don't know what happened. I was doing real good. I was coming to church and I was feeling good. And God, I could feel his presence and everything was going good. Well, I can tell you what you did. You got out from underneath the word of God and you backslid right into the place that you were before. You were no longer stirring up the spirit on the inside of you. You were no longer getting fed word, praise God. And once you slid back, that's exactly what happened to you, praise God. Basically, in your life, you, you almost get whatever you think. See? So when I believe and think I'm holy, I'll live holy. When I believe and think I'm powerful, I'll live powerful. When I think I believe I'm the person who never worries and never fearful, I'll be the person. But as long as you think, I'm so fearful all the time, and it's such a world, and oh, look what's going on out there, and look what's happening. And you check back. The world's terrible. It was terrible 10 years ago. 15 years ago, terrible. My God. Global warming been going on for 50 years, except when it was global cooling. Come on. You believe that stuff for 10 years, global cooling, they switch to global warming. Oh, my God, we're all going to die again. Y2K, everybody's going to die, praise God. No, they don't know anything about anything, you understand? But we've got inside information, praise God. Hallelujah. And that inside information will work for us as long as we simply believe what God has said. So if I'm going to change the way that I live, if I'm going to change the way I walk, then you have to change the way that you think. Yes. First of all, I had to change the way I thought about God. Yes. I didn't see God as a loving father. I saw him as a judge with a stick who was counting my black marks, and they were plenty. But when I found out at Catholic confessional that day, when that priest hugged me and said, God loves you, son, and for some reason it went right through me all the way from top to bottom, and I said, my God, he loves me. This is unbelievable. How could he possibly love someone like me? But he does. So what that, that changed. But now I know God loves me. Now the change has to be about me. See? Who am I? Uh, how do I do things? Why do I do things? You know, motive is a big thing. How many of you know that? Smith Wigglesworth said something one time, and I could never get it out of my spirit. He said that, why do you do the things you do? Why do you go play basketball with the young guys? Why do you go to church? Why do you go here? Why do you go there? What is your purpose for doing this stuff? Because if your purpose is not lined up with his purpose, you're going to have a bad time ending up doing what you're doing anyway. So, of course, in my lightning fast mind, I said, what should I be doing? And he said, basically, the kingdom of God is the key 
That's why you're here. You're here to help usher back in the kingdom of God, its culture, its ways, its ideas, its everything, everywhere you go. So if I'm going to go play basketball with a bunch of young kids, if my purpose is to affect one of those kids, I don't care in what way I affect them, get them closer to the Lord, help them with a problem, do whatever, and I get there and I do that, whether I made a shot or didn't, whether I turned the ball over or didn't, whether I even got to play or I didn't, didn't make any difference because that was my purpose and my goal. Are you following me? Like you can go there and score every time. You go there and be the number one player, go do everything. But you wasted that time because my motive was wrong. Let's just rest there a little bit. Why do you do things? Why do you do this? Why? Well, I want to be a preacher and I want to be on TV and I want to be all over the world so everybody knows who I am and I can have a giant church and I can, well, see how you do. You may have a good start, but before it's over with, you're going to be in a mess before it's over with, see? What do you do? You're here because you love people. You're a minister because you want to help people. You're a minister because you want to grow people up in the things of God. You want to usher the kingdom of God into their life so they can take it into somebody else's life, praise God, into their family, into their relation, into the people around them, into members around them, into their coworkers, into all these things. So if that's your number one goal, even when you go to the grocery store, now, you may not run into somebody every time who needs that, but if that's your motive, are you following me? If that's your motive for doing it, then you did okay that day, praise God, because that's what you're created here for. So it brings joy no matter whether they had the candy bar you wanted that day or didn't. See? Look at the little things that can take you on a super mood swing. Went to that dumb store, and they had no fat boys. You know how much joy I had this morning after I came out of prayer and got to that stupid store and they were out of fat boys? I'll tell you what, I ain't going back to that store again. I'll tell you that right now, praise God. I'm going to get on Facebook tell everybody about that store. Come on. Before you're done, your whole day's ruined. Why? Because somebody got the last fat boys. And it's funny, but that's all it takes, isn't it? Don't take much, does it? Just to take the air right out of your balloon, praise God. When that air starts seeping out, now you found another spot that needs to be changed in your life. Another way of thinking, another area of your life that's headed in the wrong place. Why does that make me mad like I am? See, why is that pulling my trigger? I'm not going to be triggered anymore because I'm not that person. I must have drugged that in with me when I came into the new kingdom, and I want to get that out of here now so I can deal with that now. Do you see? Writing a letter to about fat boys isn't going to change or writing a letter to the grocery store. The change has to come with me. So whether they had fat boys or not, I can say, oh, they didn't have fat boys. That's okay. Apparently I'm getting too fat for fat boys. And I can leave the store with a big smile on my face, praise God, because I'm very happy. So what I believe then basically is what I will be. Now, why is that? Why is what I believe and think I will be? Because that's who you are. You're not trying to become that because that's who you are. That's who you actually are. You are holy. You are righteous. You are all these things, praise God. So that's why you can think them and believe them first, and they'll enter into your life. That's why if you have somebody who's, who's very spiritual and they don't look very good, maybe they're sneezing, hacking, coughing, doing whatever around, and they're walking around, and you walk up and say, are you okay? What's going on? And they say, oh, yeah, praise God, I'm healed. Thank God for Jesus 2,000 years ago. He's such a wonderful person. They said, well, I don't think you're healed because, you know, you're snotting around a lot, and you don't sound very good, and, you're, and your voice isn't very good, and I really don't know if something's the matter with you or not. But uh, see, but if I believe in healing, I will end up having healing. If I wait until the symptoms go away, then I'm going to have to fight it in the natural realm until it goes away. Then I'm going to get a revelation 
but the believing doesn't come. It's the believing that changes the natural realm. Are you following me? You don't wait till it happens and say, oh, I believe that. That's fine. I believe. No, it doesn't work that way. Same way financially. How are you doing? Rich. Dear Lord Jesus, rich. So much money. I don't know what to do with it. Praise God. Just keeps coming in. Don't know what to do. Well, I heard that you don't have enough money to pay the utility bill. Yeah, well, I believe, praise God, I'm rich and the money for the utility bill will be here. Praise God, because that's who I am and that's what I believe and that's what I think. Praise God. So it's a minor adjustment we're making in our mind, basically, lined up with the Word of God. And we do that. It releases the power of God. Say the power of God. See, believing releases the power of God in your life. That's what does it. Not waiting till it happens. Your believing is what causes it to happen. Yes. You can call it believing or faith. The only thing is faith comes by hearing the word of God. And believing actually inquires some action to it. Yes. Believing is a verb. Yes. So I'm going to believe I have to be doing something. Right. See? Do you, do you believe you're financially blessed? Yes, I do. Are you tithing? Oh, no, I ain't got enough money for that. How many know you're not believing? Yes. You're wishing. You're hoping. You're doing whatever. Why can you tithe? Because you're blessed. Well, you don't look blessed. Don't matter. I'm blessed. Don't look like you got any money. Don't make any difference. I believe what the Word says, and the Word says I'm blessed, praise God, and that all wants be, praise God. So the adjustment comes by simply believing the Word of God. It gets into your thought life, and it lines up with the spirit realm. Say the spirit realm. How many know there is a spirit realm? How many know it's real? And that's where God does his functioning, where he does his stuff. So I want to allow him into my life to help me to change by the power of the Holy Ghost by believing, basically, the Word of God in my life. And as I believe it, that changes who I am, makes me a good tree. And if I'm a good tree, then I produce good what? Good fruit. Praise God. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 17. It says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, protecting holiness and the fear of God. Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have... We have corrupted no man, we have defrauded no man. I speak not this to condemn you, for I have said before that you are in our hearts and live, and we live in you. Praise God. So here it's telling you basically that there's a change that will take place. Look at verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Say, be ye separate. Now the word separate here is the word sanctified. Say, sanctified. So what's it talking about once again? It is talking about you separating yourself from the old man to the new man. And notice what it talks about here. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. So how am I going to touch the unclean thing who is the old man? I'm not going to touch him physically. I'm going to touch him with my thought life. So I'm changing my thought life not to think like I used to think of who I was. You know, that's why I like that song we sing, I, you know, I Know Who I Am. We sing it, but hopefully we're growing in that and knowing who we are, praise God. But basically, yeah, so I'm making that change. So I don't want to touch the unclean thing. Basically, I want to separate myself from that. And by separating myself from that, I'm moving into the new man. And notice the change here. Verse 17, Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you, and I will be a what? unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters. Now, we know when we get born in the kingdom of God, we're the family of God. He's our father. He's our son. But now it's talking about me. When I first got born again, I didn't see him as a father. 
I saw him as a judge. I saw him as a God. I saw me as a servant. I saw me as a slave. I saw me as a sinner. I saw me as somebody God didn't even like. But as I renewed my mind and as my mind changed, all at once he no longer a judge to me. He became a father to me. And then I could take my place as a son to him. And that's where your relationship changes. The Bible tells you that you have the authority to grow up to be a son of God. So how do I do that? I take my authority and I deny these things that used to be in my life. These little irritations and stuff are warning signs for me that I need to change something in my thought life. Let's face it. Everything that bugs you, you want to find a way for the other person to change so it doesn't bug you anymore. Is that right? It is. Well, if she just quit doing that. If them kids would just stop that. If my teacher would just quit that. No, the problem is God wants to work on you. Yes. See, and if it's bugging you and you're losing your peace, which God already gave you, you're losing your joy, which God already gave you, then it's honest to me that something has to be changed in your life where you can go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil, praise God, and walk in the things of God and in the anointing of God and the power of God. This talks about a change. Say a change. All right, go to Romans chapter 12. All right, very familiar scripture to everybody. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye... Say conformed. Say transformed. Say conformed. Say transformed. All right, if I'm being conformed basically according to this world, then when the stock market goes down and the economy's bad and I'm going broke, I'm going to be complaining and thinking broke thoughts. If I've been transformed in the stock market and the economy go down, no matter what, God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. See, if I'm conformed to the world, then the flu season and corona and people are sneezing, coughing, hacking all over the place, and I feel like I'm probably going to get it. But if I'm transformed, the flu season doesn't bother me at all because I've been redeemed from sickness and disease, praise God, and I believe I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. So the question today, are, are you being conformed or are you being transformed? The transformation comes from the inside out. Praise God. And like I said, each situation, the Bible says, count it all joy when you run into trials and situations. Why is that? Because it's another indicator that there needs to be a slight adjustment made in your life somehow, some way in order to do that. So what am I going to do? I'm going to believe the gospel because the Bible says the gospel is the power of God to them that believe. See, it's not the power of God if you don't believe it. It's just another word. But since you believe it, praise God, it, it basically in your life. So, so you're blessed no matter what. You're healed no matter what. You're full of the word of God no matter what. You're full of the spirit of God no matter what. Hallelujah. All right, one more. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Got to make sure the restaurants don't fill up on you here. Now, how do I know where I'm at? Where am I, Lord? I wonder where I'm at, praise God. I'm in, you know, I've grown for a couple years now, and I'm in the Word, and I'm making some changes, but I just wonder where I'm at and what's going on. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 16. It says, For he, for who has known the mind of the Lord, that we may instruct him, but we have what? Now, you have the mind of Christ available to you. That's what the Bible says. Whether you're using the mind of Christ may be another story. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, 
but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions, are you not carnal and walk as mere men? Notice, he's saying what? He wrote this to the Corinthians. How'd you like it if your pastor came in some morning and said, you guys are all carnal. Every one of you also can give you his milk because you're a bunch of babies, for God's sakes. Well, that's what he did here. How many of you want him for a pastor? No, he said, you're spiritual babies. You are still carnal. Why is that? You're being controlled by your soul and by the thought life and being conformed, not by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. So I continue to feed you milk. Say milk. Now, if you're new to this church and some things you don't quite understand yet, it's okay. Take what you get out of it, what you understand, and it'll come back around later on. you say, ah, that's what he was talking about. Are you following me? Because we don't just give milk here. If we did, I'd just say, you're born again. God loves you. Have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow. Praise God. And that's all there is to it. God, take care of you. God will do this. But meat brings responsibility to you. See, that's why some people can't stay at certain churches. They need a milk church because they can only survive on milk. They don't want to be responsible for anything, praise God. So the pastor just says, God's in control of everything. Don't worry about it. If everything's going, it's God. If he crushes you, he crushes you. If he don't, he loves you. If he kicks you, he don't. He be, 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 be. And what's that? Oh, thank you. I feel the vibe, praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. But notice, here you get responsibility. Here you got your own responsibility to make your tree whatever you want your tree to be, good or bad. Your responsibility to be the conformed to the world or be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's up to you whether you believe God or don't believe God. See, this is meat things that you get, but this is what will allow you to live in divine health and divine power and divine peace and joy your whole life down here so you can complete the purpose that he put you here to do. Now look at the signs. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, Divisions. Sounds like most churches. See? Praise God. Why do churches split? Because of milk and because of envying, strife. That's why you have, you know, the first church of the gospel people. And over here you got the second church of the gospel people. And over here you got the third church of the gospel people. Because the gospel people all started here at one time. But then church two got mad at church one because he slipped some meat in there made somebody mad because they don't like meat. They just <coughs> choked on it. So they started their own second church. And pretty soon they didn't like it there after a while, and they started the third church. See, that's why church splits places like that. Why is that? Because somebody got mad, somebody left, somebody in envy, somebody in strife. But even, we can take this to our Lord's level, even in your own families, there's envy and strife in there. Even if there's in your own marriage, See, That's, I just can't take that anymore from him. Well, you better make an adjustment then because chances are you're going to do it again. You see? That's the way it works, isn't it? Praise God. There's just certain things that get you. There's certain things that do it. Well, that's a good sign. Don't, don't get mad about it. It's another sign of, ooh, where I can make this adjustment. Where am I thinking wrong? Where am I still being like the old man? Where am I doing? I don't want to be a carnal Christian. I don't want to get in strife. I don't want to associate with that old nature at all. I want to associate with the God person that I really am, praise God. Because in this generation, it's a different generation, I think, that we're living in right now because God is really growing people up. I think there are going to be some God men walking in this world and God women walking in this world before it's over with. 
And they're going to see people walking in a power of God that's never been on display like it's been in a universal. Sure, we've had this individual, that individual, Smith Wigglesworth, all these people. That's great. But I'm talking about the ordinary Joe who sits out in the seat, praise God. Because notice, nobody's entered any better than anybody else. You've got to understand that. Just because I'm up here, I'm up here because God has given me anointing to teach the word and it's simply a gift. I'm no better than you, praise God. As a matter of fact, when we all die and get to heaven and, and God shows up and says, I now have TCVC's award program here. For those people of TCVC who attended TCVC, and number one here, let's see, we want to honor because they're the most important of TCVC, will be Mary Lazaritis. Because she prayed all the time. That's what I told her to do. She prayed for the church. She prayed for the pastor. She prayed for the people of the thing. And she's number one. Hallelujah. And number two will be Mark Bender. Mark Bender who cleaned the church constantly in Sandy and got up and prayed for the church every morning and did every church. And after he goes through the whole church, he'll go, and last but not least, Pastor Tom. <laughs> See, it's not about who gets the thing. It's about are you doing what you're supposed to be doing. Some things aren't in the limelight. You know, praying is not in the limelight. Right. Spend a lot of time at home praying. You know how I many, you know, it doesn't flash on the billboard when you're driving down US 1 that I prayed this morning. It's not doing that. But whatever your call is, it's important to God. And it's important for you to complete it. And not for the accolades, but because you're in a good position now to walk in joy and walk in peace and walk in the things of God because you're fulfilling the purpose that he created you to do way, way back when he pulled you out, praise God, and picked you as the one in this day and this hour. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God.